we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and pay our respects to Elders past, present and Aboriginal Elders emerging. The Vale Podcast, driven by pioneer Ford Robinvale. It's worth the drive. It sure is. Although Anne Webster, our local federal MP, is not driving around too much. I guess you've been on the phone most of the last weekend. How are you? Oh, thanks, Jade. Great to be with you. Uh, I actually have been down to Swan Hill to open my new office. Oh, yeah, uh, so that, that was a bit exciting, yeah. Mm. So uh, Senator Bridget McKenzie came down and did the did the deed, cut the ribbon. Um, so that was very good. And um, great to see people in Swan Hill had the opportunity to visit some manufacturing sites and, uh, you know, get a feel for where people are at down there. So it was very good. Mm. Uh, then down to Donald because Bullock Times have just, celebrated 145 years in the news industry. Gee whiz. Uh, which is incredible. And mm. David Letts down there is the fifth generation printmaker for Bullock Times. So it's a great story, like really, really wonderful. Mm. Um, and they're adapting, of course, and started their new website. So I was down there to celebrate that with them and then home. And, yes, in between, lots of phone calls, lots of uh following through on some of the issues that we've been facing locally. Mm, one of those issues, of course, and we spoke to Jack Dang about it this week on, on the regular episode of the podcast, has been the issue of seasonal workers crossing the border. We have some good news on that. Yes, we do. It has been largely resolved, which is wonderful. Uh, so our, our visa-holding seasonal workers, if they live within the border zone, and that's the crunch point, mm. if they live within the zone um, and they have not been outside the zone for 14 days, all they need to do is apply for a border resident, border zone resident permit and they can go to work, which is just fantastic news. That is fantastic news. Is So if they don't live in within the border zone, for example, I don't live within the border zone, but my husband, who is an essential agricultural worker, if he, granted, he's not a seasonal worker, but Jack was saying yesterday that if they don't live within that border zone, then if they have a letter from their employer, not the contractor, but the employer that they're working for, the farmer or the grower that they're working for, um, within the car and have a permit that is an essential agriculture worker's permit. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, look, the... The visa-holding seasonal workers are um, not part of the critical workforce, so uh, then they, there are restrictions that still apply to them right. as uh, not critical workers. So, uh, look, as usual, the devil is in the detail, mm. and uh, some of that detail is not out yet, but fundamentally uh, the minister, the New South Wales Minister for Agriculture, Adam Marshall, has uh, given the go-ahead today. So it's great news. We've been working uh, very closely with Nathan Hancock, Citrus Australia, um, a lot of growers and of course I've been lobbying um, every every man and his dog mm. uh, to ensure that we get this over. We've been having daily briefings with the New South Wales Cross-Border Commissioner. Uh, every couple of days we've, we've been uh, meeting with the Victorian Cross-Border Commissioner because they're all different and all the requirements are different. 
um, due to the health directives that are being made by state governments, another issue. Um, and so, uh, yeah, lobbying the Deputy Prime Minister, the Minister for Agriculture at a federal level, David Littleproud, um, yeah, anybody who's anybody, basically to get the ER to say, look, these visa workers are absolutely, the seasonal workers who have visas, are essential for our citrus industry. They are essential for the producers who, like one guy I've spoken with, has a million um, grapevines to propagate, needs those workers. They're workers that have been skilled in the work for a lot of years and uh, he relies on them. There are $25 million worth of almond trees waiting to go in that are reliant on seasonal workers. So it, it was not a small deal. It's $1.4 billion horticultural industry uh, really at risk of being on its knees if mm. this was not resolved. It was very, very important to get it done. Mm, absolutely. Thank you for all your hard work. There's been a lot of um, a lot of press this week, in fact, in the last few days, with regard to talking about the seasonal workers visa issue, uh, visa and the border permit issue, calling for Michael McCormick. Where are you, Mr McCormick? Where are you, Deputy Prime Minister? Well, obviously doing the hard yards with this and everything else. I mean, every politician in the country and the cross-border commissioners, both of them, I was on a call with um, with the Victorian cross-border commissioner yesterday, they are working more than they have ever had to work ever in their careers. Oh, look, absolutely. I mean, my day's starting at five and um, lucky to hit the sack by 10 and believe me, that's a long day. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, I was on the phone last night to Greg Hunt late looking at transport issues, freight um, issues because of our tri-state corner of mm. the universe, uh, or, or Australia anyway. Um, yeah, look, big problems that need to be resolved and a lot of it comes from health directives. So getting back to your question regarding, or at least what's been raised in the media, where are you, Michael McCormack? I can assure you he has been working his thumb off. Um, I have hassled him endlessly about these issues. I'm sure I don't make his day when I call and say, no, this actually needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And here's an idea. Let's let's have a look at that. Or I don't have any ideas. Do you have ideas? Mm-hmm. Um, he's on it and I'm just one MP. He's got all of it. And yeah. He's got all the senses. And uh, he is often our link to the Prime Minister. Mind you, I've been badgering the Prime Minister's office as well. Um, uh, to get our message as regional MPs and senators to those that need to hear it. Um, he's the link between the state and the federal government. Uh, he's the link to industry heads when we don't have it ourselves. Um, they, uh, Michael does a tremendous, a tremendous job at what he does, and he's always got an ear and always listening and always acting. He's just one of those um, politicians that I'm really pleased to know because he's not always big noting himself. Mm. Um, and you need those people who are genuinely there to see regional Australia do better. Yeah, I think that's a really important point that because quite often and for a long time, politicians have been tarred with that same brush on every tier of government, that politicians are just there for themselves to put a feather in their own cap. And okay, history shows that, yeah, that might may be the case. But when you come across politicians that are there to do a job for the community that are not in it for themselves, gee whiz, it's refreshing. Oh, look, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're kind of, we are caught um, today with social media in particular. Uh, people need to know that you are being active. The local media is not 
uh, necessarily going to tell people what you're doing, even though we might tell them because, we again, we have to. Um, social media is our opportunity to so-called let people know what, I was going to say, big note ourselves. It, it's not actually about that. It's about letting people know what you're actually doing because um, I don't want people thinking I'm sitting on my tush having lattes. You know, we're incredibly busy working on behalf of the community. If we're not listening to people who are actually quite distressed mm. and uh, working on their behalf, then we're lobbying ministers or lobbying departments or lobbying industry for change um, so that people have a better life in whatever capacity that might be. Mm. And and also in this case, particularly the border case, trying to educate the decision makers on how life actually works when you do live in a homogenous border community because it's not black and white. Yeah. No, absolutely, Jade. Mm. Um, that's one of the things that I have found um, um, beyond being perplexed by it, I'm just frustrated by it, is that we have uh, urban-centric policies being made in Macquarie Street or Spring Street or um, North Terrace, you know, that mm. have very little understanding about what goes on in our communities, in our regional communities. And uh, it's, it's really exceptionally frustrating for people and um, they need to know what our local communities really think. Mm, they absolutely do, and they need to know how we live and, you know, how different it is living in land where there's no borders and not living in a city where urban rules do not apply. And for the most part, they don't apply up here. No, they don't apply. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I understand that, I mean, if we take Victoria as an example, um, Daniel Andrews has a really very chaotic, very stressful uh, position that he's in right now, trying to manage what is community transition, which is out of control. Mm. Uh, you know, where tracing is just not able to catch up, where the cases are mounting, where death rates are mounting. Um, and, you know, therefore, having blanket policy across all of regional Victoria, even if we have had zero cases or very close to zero cases, even Swan Hill with two cases, it's controlled, mm. um, is, is frustrating. Uh, what we want to see is that Melbourne is shut down, mm. preferably, so that people are not traversing into regional centres rather than all of regional Victoria being shut down uh, and closing off borders, which ultimately are artificial mm. dividers. Mm. That's exactly right. We've seen Ali... Um in the last week, Ali Kappa has been in the press talking about the Prime Minister and the Feds to step in um, and sort of take over, particularly the border issues. That's a constitutional issue, though. The Constitution doesn't allow that, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, it, 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 it's got a good headline, but um, it's not actually how the Federation has been set up. As you say, it's a constitutional issue where states have particular rights and authority, and I think that we've seen that. Uh, in terms of health directives for the state, um, for each state, which are not necessarily aligned, creating issues for us here, of course. Mm. Um, and they, the, the Commonwealth government has no right, no authority to step in. No authority. There is nothing constitutionally that allows Prime Minister Morrison to step in and tell the states what to do. Mm. And you can't go just changing the constitution willy-nilly because if we started now, we'd end up 
a republic. I believe, I, w- I would think, if we started to change the constitution, we'd probably end up a republic. You just can't go changing the constitution um, and the basis of federation willy-nilly, well, can we? Not, yeah, no, exactly. And it, look, it's not a simple process. You have to have referendums and mm. they, haven't been, they haven't been incredibly successful so far. I'm not saying that we shouldn't think about it. I think, you know, there are, there are particular aspects that I think we should be thinking mm. about, frankly. Uh, given what we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, look, it's complex. The whole thing is incredibly complex. And um, even if people picked up a constitution, and I'm really happy to pass them out, we've got some in the Swan Hill office, we've got some here, or people can, you know, ring and ask for one to be sent to them, or you can read it online. Um, it doesn't necessarily give clarity about what's happening now. You know, it's legal jargon and it's complex and... Um, yeah, look, mm. things just aren't as simple as we'd like them to be. Mm, I was going to say, I'm sure the Constitution doesn't express that much clarity anyway, let's be honest. <laughs> but I should probably use it. The ACCC inquiry with regard to the water market, fill us in yes. on what's happening. That's that's come to, well, half a conclusion. Uh, well, it has completed the inquiry component. The water market data is not all completed. It's analysis yet, but it's certainly in process. The report's around 1,000 pages and uh, they received 130 submissions. I'm actually surprised it wasn't more. Mm. Um, They have no recommendations in the interim report that we have now. Happy to send it to people or people can go online and get it and have a good read. If they want to read a thousand dollars over a very a thousand dollars, a thousand pages, sorry, uh, with a very long copy. Um, and uh, it provides options for reform. So there are some ideas in there, but because the market uh, analysis has not been completed in terms of the data going back to 2012, mm-hmm. uh, then that's not. You know, it's not absolutely conclusive. However, the issues I think that it finds is that regulation and governance is um, a problem, a serious problem. It's uh, that the markets have delivered some benefits to industries and regions, uh, but not all, and that there is very little confidence in the market. Well, we knew that. Mm. I think a lot of people will feel very validated in their views. Um, the governance issues mean that brokers are unregulated. They can operate with conflicts of interest, like you wouldn't get it anywhere else. No. Um, no. That there's misleading market information. It's right mm-hmm. uh, in the markets as they sit. Um, and uh, it concluded a review on major water investors, which they named Ooh. in the, the report. Did they? Yes, they did. Uh, and the that the trade processing system is outdated, which we know because it's actually very, very complex now. It started simple and it's very, very complex. Um, the, the governance itself is cumbersome and market rules are no longer fit for purpose. Well, we know that's true as well. And there's also a lack of harmonisation between basin states and the allocation rules, etc. cetera. Uh, the work still ahead is the aggregation, as I said, of the market data. Um, and so, look, there's a lot of work to be uh, looked at. My encouragement, please, 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 those who have, uh, who are stakeholders in the water market, past, present, future, 
get on, have a look at the ACCC report and write your submission, what you think should be happening as a result of this um, feedback uh, of, from, the, uh, from the inquirer itself. The ACCC are requesting feedback and um, this is the time. It's, uh, the final report is going to happen in November and I don't want to hear in December that people are unhappy. This yeah. is the time. Get in there. Yes. Have your say. Yeah. Make it really clear, you know. Mm. Happy to assist people if they need some support with that. Um, whatever we can. I want Mali to benefit. I want the Sunraysia region to benefit uh, from this water trading report. It is really important. It really is. And when the government asks for submissions, they actually mean that. If you want to have a say, have a say. This is this is the opportunity. Yep. So we can go to the ACCC website now to have a look at the report yep. and um, submit. Absolutely can. Terrific. What we want is um, confidence in our water market mm. and uh, we need to reduce the risk in our, in our future market. Mm. That's what we need to do. Mm, absolutely. I'll put the link on the website. And thank you very much for giving us your time today on what is a – Slightly better news day than it was yesterday. Have you got your face mask ready? Yes, I have. I have two face masks ready and we're joking here that we're going to save on lipstick. (laughs) Well, that's that's probably a valid point, really. Yeah, well, nobody's going to wear it underneath. (laughs) No, well, that's exactly right. And have a rest over the weekend. Thank you for all the hard work you're doing. Um, If people need more details or clarity on the seasonal worker uh, border permits, I'm sure you've made it very crystal clear, apart from the detail that we don't even have yet. Um, But if they need more details, they can contact your office as always. They can, and they can also go to Service New South Wales, uh, 13778. And um, I'm pretty sure I said that right. Yes, I have. And uh, they're very, very helpful. It's a 24-7 phone line. Uh, There is very little wait time and they are on top of um, all of these permits and there are a lot of them um, and the updates. So this update um, uh, should be, I haven't rung them this morning to make sure that it is, but I'm pretty sure they'll be on it. Uh, if, If it's not and you have any issues, by all means, contact us. Excellent. And thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully you get one. Thanks, Jay. And all your all your listeners. Thanks for listening to the Vale Podcast, driven by Pioneer Ford Robin Vale. It's worth the drive. Remember to support our sponsors and shop local. Subscribe at thevalepodcast.com.au.